Hi there, this is Jeff Otis, partner at Evergreen GovCal, and you're listening to a deep dive on the Evergreen Exchange. I hope you enjoy this conversation between myself and Moya Skillman on the local real estate market. Moya is a co-founder of Team Foster and brokers some of the largest residential real estate deals on Seattle's east side. And as always, thanks for listening. Hey listener, this episode requires an extra disclosure. Jeff Otis is an employee and partner of Evergreen GovCal. All views and opinions expressed by Jeff and any guest of the podcast are solely the individual's views and do not necessarily reflect the views of Evergreen GovCal. Evergreen GovCal's clients may hold securities mentioned in this podcast at any given time. This podcast is intended for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions or be considered investment advice. Enjoy the episode. Awesome. Well, Moya, thanks again for being here with us today. It's it's uh, it's great to have you on the podcast. You're 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 our, our guest for our very first episode on real estate. So welcome. Well, thanks so much for having me, Jeff. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to talk about the market and everything going on. Before we get into real estate, tell me how's family doing? How are kids doing? You know, how is kind of like coming out of COVID for you guys? You know, as we as we bump along here, how's it been? We're good. No complaints. You know, everyone is healthy and that I think is all anyone can ask for right now. Um, we've been able to have a pretty decent summer. So we've done a few trips and now we're in the in the throes of back to school craziness, you know. So um, but overall things have been good. Thanks for asking. Well, sounds awesome, and it sounds very familiar. Well, uh, so Moya, Moya is someone that I've worked with now for a few years. Uh, she's helped she's helped a bunch of my clients. She's one of the best in our area, um, and so I thought there's no one better to talk to about at least local real estate. Uh, you know, so let's just start with what are your thoughts on the current real estate market? The current real estate market is crazy, and um, there's a joke going around a lot of our network groups that we have to come up with some new adjectives to describe the market because um, it just, it truly is crazy, and it has been this way really since probably last summer, so we're definitely about 12 months into this. Things really paused during the very initial stages of COVID, and Everyone is very unsure what was going to happen, you know, just in the world overall. But honestly, for our area, that probably only lasted about eight weeks, maybe 12 weeks at the most. And then it was like the match on top of gasoline. And it's been crazy ever since. And I think a lot of what's driving it, honestly, is people have spent a lot of time in their homes with families or with partners or friends or whatever. And so they've had time to really evaluate what they want in their house, um, how they want it to look, how they want the functionality to be, what they want the location to be. And we've now just, you know, entered a whole new era of people are completely driven to find something new to try and solve the challenges that they've experienced in the last year. And so when you're dealing with things like that, driving a market that aren't necessarily Necessarily tied to job commutes or, you know, economics. Um, this is a true, a lot of these decisions are truly emotional. They're just, you know, we have to have two offices. I can't, you know, work with my spouse in the same house, you know, sharing an office, that kind of thing. So that's kind of what we're seeing. And we are not seeing any signs of slowdown. There is a true issue with supply and demand. And um, it, it will take years and years to ever balance that out, honestly. So anyone that thinks that this is a bubble or that this is temporary, that it's just not true. The fundamentals show that um, we're in this for a while. 
You heard it here first. Wow, boom, right out of the gates, dropping hammers. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, so you, you mentioned something there about, you know, clients saying we really need two offices. Uh, and that, I'm going to go a little off script here. But so I was going to ask you how this, this market compares to other boom periods. But I want to pause and go back to, like, what else are you hearing from your clients right now along those lines of, like, unique things that they're now asking as a result of going through COVID that you didn't hear previously? Well, definitely the two office thing is important. We're seeing a lot of people want extra rooms again. So, you know, pre-COVID, there was this huge trend in going smaller. You don't need as much square footage. Who needs a media room? Who needs an exercise room? Now everyone, the trend is completely back the other way. Everyone wants all those extra spaces. They want to be able to have a dedicated space with a door that closes so so someone can work out while someone else is doing maybe some online school or online um, Zoom meetings and and work. So also outdoor spaces are really, really important. Even if you have a smaller lot, if you just have a little bit of patio space and a little strip of grass, um, you know, to to feel like you can be outside in between Zoom meetings, um, that is really key. So we're seeing a huge demand for outdoor spaces as well. Okay. So I, I do want to talk about this boom period versus others. So what, like, what do you think is unique about this one versus, you know, other ones that you've experienced in your career? I think what is unique is there's two big factors. One is the supply and the supply chain breakdown as well. So, you know, we've, we have this major problem with literally building materials, labor shortages, all of that. When you mix that along with just we haven't been building new homes at the rate that we really need to to meet the demand, um, you kind of have a perfect storm. And those are things that you can't just, you know, all of a sudden uh, flip a switch and and all of a sudden you have a bunch of new homes sprouting up. So you have lots of building restrictions. Um, The supply chain is completely broken. We're now hearing there's paint shortages, things like that. So all of those things will contribute to that. Um, Also, really, people don't have to worry about commutes as much anymore, right? So even with two months ago, everyone was thinking, oh, Microsoft and Amazon are all going back. Well, now they've announced they're probably not. You know, I think Microsoft is looking at October. Amazon has said January of 2022. So every time you have an announcement, that just reinforces, do I really have to be tied to an area that I'm worried about a commute? Because could this all just happen again? Could we work from home again another six months or something like that? So those two factors, the true lack of supply and building materials, and then also not having to be tied to commutes. Those are kind of driving this and don't really make it that typical kind of boom and then bust or, or bubble, you know, analogy. Man, there's so many questions I want to ask you. I got to be careful that we don't run over time, though. Um, I mean, we got to do a follow-up one of these already. I'm already, uh, so um, what area of the market do you find most attractive right now? Well, that's such a hard question. You know, I, I, I love this job and I love it because we're solving problems. We're solving problems every day. People are downsizing or they need um, a bigger house or they're moving from the East Coast. They're taking a new job, things like that. So I, there isn't one area that I find more attractive than the other. It's really, I fall in love with the area when, when the clients do or, you know, maybe it's the setting of the home that we're, we're selling. There's, 
I have to say our real estate here in the Pacific Northwest is so beautiful compared to a lot of other parts of the country. It is fun to work with these clients that are moving here from other places. And, you know, you turn the corner and they see the lake and then you turn the other corner and they see the mountains. And there's just so much beautiful scenery here, too. So we're lucky that we have a really wide range of great areas, whether it's Woodinville or it's West Seattle or Kirkland, you know, there's so many great places. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I mean, I could tell you all about Woodinville. You know, I'm a big fan. There's a there's neighbors of ours that just moved uh, out, and they're originally from Boston, and they were describing Seattle in August versus Boston in August, and just how we were out and about enjoying. She, and they were like, "There's just nothing like this out on the East Coast because of how sticky it gets, and just you know, out with the kids, walking around." So I totally get what you mean. Uh, you know, not just in terms of view, but climate and all that here. Yeah. What about uh, biggest concern? Like, is there anything that pops up as like, that's one thing that you're, you're watching pretty closely? Well, I mean, we're all concerned about pricing, honestly. And, and, you know, I get a lot of comments from friends like, oh, you must love this market. And the prices are just, you know, they're crazy over the top. And, but that's not, that's not healthy. That's not helpful. You know, people will start to be priced out of the market if they aren't already. However, you know, when you look at the Bay Area and San Francisco and, you know, we're just kind of on their track forever. People kept saying, well, the Bay Area has to kind of fall sometime. And even though it has settled, it's never really gone down. And so we're kind of on that track now. But I definitely am concerned about pricing. I mean, every single area is expensive. And I work with a lot of Um, doctors that are moving here from amazing, you know, top of their class, amazing medical schools and to run in the car with them and and not be able to find a house (laughs) for a doctor that can, you know, save lives. It's it's a challenge. It's interesting you bring up pricing. That leads in right to my next question. I mean, we we obviously work with with, uh, a lot of wealthy families and it's amazing how many people even here on the east side, you know, bought their house 30 years ago for you know, 150,000, 200,000, and now it's 2 million bucks or two and a half million bucks. And one of the big things that I hear all the time from clients, I mean, these are even like pretty wealthy people is they're concerned about getting their kids into real estate. You know, how do I, you know, and even like young kids, right? Like do we, what do we need to do now to make sure that our kids have, have enough to be able to buy a place at some point down the road, you know, cause the thought is it's just going to keep going as you mentioned earlier. Um, so what are your, what are some of your advice to like first time buyers? Yeah, well, I would answer that a couple of different ways. Um, for first-time buyers, just in general, they need to prepare, prepare, prepare. Um, so really figure out their financing way ahead of time. Actually start kind of driving neighborhoods and get comfortable with neighborhoods really early in the process because our market is moving so rapidly. Most of the time, you have to be prepared to make an offer basically the day you see something. And that can feel like a lot of pressure if you're not fully comfortable with the neighborhood yet, if you don't have your pre-approval letter, you know, things like that. So even if you think you're not going to buy for a year, I just did a consultation with a client um, on Saturday. They're not buying for eight months, but they're starting the process now. And I was commending them. That's so smart to start literally, you know, a year in advance potentially. For clients that have the ability to help their kids with their first home, um, I recommend trying to actually buy a couple of investment properties potentially. Um, You know, even if your kids are still in college, they won't move back, you know, for a few years. 
start kind of land banking with some properties now because you can ride that appreciation up. Maybe that home would work for them eventually. Even they could rent it from you with some roommates or things like that. Um, but then you can take that and then help shift that into the next price point and help them get their actual first house. It's so funny you bring that up. I mean, clients do a pretty good job, obviously, saving for college. That's a, it's such a popular theme of, of putting money into like a 529 or something like that. But I was literally just talking to my wife the other day. We've got four kids, 11, you know, six, three and one. And I just threw out this idea of like trying to find, a, you know, a market like Spokane or something that has more affordable housing. And if you could come up with, you know, with small down payments for four different like rental properties and almost like buy yeah. those now and use those as, as things that you could gift your kids down the road to use for maybe their own down, you know, down payment and, and be in the market. Just like you're talking about, you said land banking, uh, almost yeah. property banking. <laughs> so that's, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I love that. Something else yeah. that comes up, you know, and obviously you know, uh, you know, work with your wealth management team, financial advisor, financial planner to, to help map some of this stuff out, uh, you know, along with your, your, uh, your real estate partners. So question, something that comes up for us all the time is we work with a lot of wealthy retirees that have that family home that they, they, they raise their kids in and now the kids are grown and moved on. And so, you know, it comes to like the period of downsizing, you know, and so what do you recommend for, for clients who are starting that process, thinking about downsizing the big family home into something smaller, maybe even moving out of the area? Uh, like what's some of the, the, the process on your end, uh, just tips and, and things that they should be thinking through? Yeah. Um, well, so much goes into that, I think. And we spend a lot of time, again, starting the process early, working with those clients. One thing to keep in mind is to not downsize too much. So often, you know, we'll hear, well, we're, you know, we don't need the 8,000 square foot house anymore. We're ready for the condo. Um, we want less maintenance. We have homes other places. But then they do that and then they realize, oh, no, we, we have three kids that will still come and hang out with us at Thanksgiving. We still need four bedrooms. So then we've seen clients go the other route and, and sell the condo and then go back into kind of a four-bedroom smaller home, you know, maybe 3,000 square feet. Um, so kind of thinking about the true amount of space that you think that you need um, to function, kind of going back to that functionality piece. Then also, once once you really are ready to downsize, thinking through the interiors of your home and the pieces that maybe you thought that family members would take or you can send to other homes if you have second homes. Also, with COVID, we've seen the value of furniture and just interior pieces not hold as much because so many people cleaned out their properties during that process. And so I think working with someone that does estate sales, things like that, starting that process early is going to help make it less stressful as well. Yeah, completely agree. I, I've had clients, you know, in some of these, some of these answers, I, you know, I want to be careful because, you know, are these relevant answers for everyone that's going to be listening? Obviously not. Right. So you really, your team specializes with, you know, a really high end uh, clientele that, that, that buys, you know, uh, really expensive, really uh, high-end real estate and sells, you know, really high-end real estate. And you guys are phenomenal in that space. So, you know, pr likely the best in this area at doing it um, with all, with all your, uh, your, your experience there. Um, I, 
have had clients work with you in, in these types of transactions, and I've been impressed with how you prepare uh, buyers that are looking at these types of estates and properties. Just think through like even like budgeting of, of properties, uh, you know, and, and, what, and additional costs associated with that. So can you give maybe just some tips on you know, what you guys do to prepare buyers for some of these more kind of like lavish estates and properties? Yeah, and um, thank you as always for your trust in us and our team. Um, we really try and look at the whole picture. So not just only how is that house going to be for them and enjoying it and entertaining, but what does the lifestyle actually look like there um, on a day-to-day basis? What is the maintenance? What are the costs associated with the maintenance? What is the management associated with that? And it comes you know, from everything with if it has a pool, if you're on the waterfront, maintaining the dock, um, the landscape. You know, some of these homes have actually low maintenance landscaping, even though it's a really large piece or a smaller lot might have really high maintenance landscaping because of the plantings that they've used. So we really look at every single detail and piece and try and really help them understand it, you know, that overall financial picture but also the management of it, because we know time is money as well, right? And so it's even if financially they can afford it and, and the cost of the maintenance is an, an issue, someone's has to manage all of that. Do they really want that piece in their life or do they want to look for something, you know, a little bit different? So looking at the big picture, um, you know, we're, we're really invested in making long-term client relationships and Focusing on things just beyond the actual house and the price of the house is, I think, one of the things we excel at. I know you guys are really good. I mean, when I think of you, the first thing that, that comes to mind, and you probably love this, this is probably intended, is just, you know, like waterfront property, right? I just think of you guys and your, and your team really specializing with with those type of properties, both here in, in West Bellevue, but also up in the San Juan Islands. You know, and it's, and it's uh, not uncommon for me to see you guys selling you know, houses of 15, 20, $25 million, right? So I'm curious, what, what, do you, what would you like attribute your team's success to? Like, what have you guys done that have, have solidified that kind of that role in our community? And then, you know, what do you think like helps, you know, continue that? I think it's, it's our philosophy of putting the client first always. Um, and we have a saying that great service never goes out of style. It is truly timeless. And so sometimes that means actually talking the client out of making a purchase. And, you know, obviously everyone knows how real estate agents are compensated. We're compensated by the commission from a sale, but we're not focused on that. We're focused on what is in the best interest of the client always. And if that means talking them out of a purchase, we do that. If it doesn't fit into what will really solve the challenges in their life at that time. And I think also making sure that they know that we're a resource beyond just the actual house. Um, You know, how can we help them get settled in the community? How can we help with schools, Um, get them connected with, you know, other things and resources that they need? Um, We also really truly do work all price points in all areas. We go where our clients take us. Um, I think that has served us well and has really helped our success as well. We have a lot of clients, of course, in this upper range, like you're talking about, that they have a niece that's looking for her first home or, you know, their uncle is looking for something. And so we really go wherever they need us to go and whatever price point that is and provide the absolute best service regardless 
of, of the category. And that I think has, it has served us well over time. We have a really good reputation that we work very hard to protect and, you know, live with integrity. And I think if you do those things, success, you know, comes to you. <laughs> well, I've been so impressed working with you guys. I mean, the way I see it, and I don't mean to be, uh, you know, uh, belittling to anyone that works in this profession, but I, in our market, like I, I just kind of see like anyone can sell a $500,000 house in Seattle. Like that, that's not challenging, but like not everybody can sell a $30 million waterfront uh, property, right? So like your area of expertise and, and commitment to excellence and everything you guys do, and especially on the service side, uh, you know, well done. I'm going to get you back on here. I mean, I, I, there's so many other questions I want to throw at you. I am going to finish with one bonus question just for the fun of it. Uh, you know, we both live here in, on the east side, right? Um, but if you could, and not to say that you already do, but if you could buy a second property anywhere in the world as, you know, like number one destination vacation property for the family, where what's the first place that comes to mind? Oh, my gosh. That is such a hard question. You know what? I I think I might buy something on the East Coast because I I spent a lot of time in the San Juans, lots of time in Sun Valley and all that. But if I had an unlimited budget, I might do something on the East Coast just so my kids could spend a little more time there. And we did a trip to Boston this summer and, and it was fun. You know, that's a really fun part of the country. I don't know that I'd live there full time, but I might throw that into our, you know, just that whatever choices. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I know. I threw I, I, the curveball at the end. You weren't prepared for it. I love it though. Uh, Moya, thanks for your time today. Uh, and, and we're going to do this again. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get another one of these scheduled and we'll talk about, and, and, you know, as we go along, but again, really appreciate your insights into what's going on. And obviously if, if you have a real estate need or, or question or concern, like Moya and her team do such a phenomenal job and we'd be happy to put you guys in touch. So Thanks, Thank you so much, Jeff. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks so much. Evergreen GovCal is a wealth management firm with offices in Bellevue, Washington, Portland, Oregon, and California's Bay Area. We provide investment management, tax compliance, family office, and retirement planning services. Evergreen is accepting applications for new clients who align with our firm's investment and planning approach. If you think you might be a fit with us, follow the link in the show notes to fill out our prospective client compatibility survey.